this year is really one uh, about to propel. Sometimes in our lives, we can live our lives and never really come to, to fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. And, 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 and sometimes it's just lack of knowledge. We don't understand what, what the call is. Uh, sometimes it's things that have happened to us that have happened against us, that kind of hinder our plan. But I, I want to I encourage you this morning with this thought that God knows where you are. He knows your address. He knows your name. He knows your middle name, by the way. He knows your middle name, too. You know, I, my mother called me by my middle name and my full name. You know, I go by solo, but uh, my full name is Solomon, you know. So, but when you hear the, the middle name called out, you know, uh, you got to... You haven't done well, you know. And so, but, but, you know, and God knows, he knows everything that he is to know about us. And he has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. And, 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 and here's the thing. <clears throat> we all have dreams and aspirations. And we have those that were like, oh, don't even go there. It just seems like daydreaming. They seem like so out of reach. They seem impossible. How many have those? You kind of go there and then you're like, ah, <laughs> let's not go there. How many have had those situations? But, you know, and, 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 and here's, what the, here's the thing. God's plan for your life and my life far exceeds anything that you and I could ever imagine on our own. You see, he says, no eye has seen, no ear has had, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the plans that God has for those who love him. You think about the smartest person in the world. They haven't even begun to imagine the grand old plan that God has for you and me. And so why is it that sometimes it gets so hard? And why is it that sometimes it's kind of rough and it feels like impossible? Because we do have an enemy who is jealous of us. Uh Uh-oh, did you hear the word? Satan hates you because he's jealous of you. Because his end has already been declared. Your story is still being written. No matter how far you've gone, no matter what your life has been to this point, every time we come to the Lord, as long as we're kicking and breathing, he says he's always open. He says he's always open. He's a recon- he, will, he will restore us. He will redeem us. He will help us. He will forgive us. And we have a future destiny in God. That we can live in him forever and ever and ever and ever. I tell you, that is an amazing promise that you and I have. And therefore, Satan, who hates us, he hates us for purely that reason. That we have a chance we could always make it right with God. There's a time that it ends. And we can no longer make that call. It's when we stop breathing, when we take our last breath. So, so, so as long as we are here and breathing... We can make things right with God. And so I want to take you across. And we've been talking about um, looking at the story of Samson and looking at different angles. This morning I want to read a passage. um, uh, And and Samson was a guy that had so much purpose in his life. Uh, God's blessing was clearly upon his life. He had a calling and a mission in his life. Um, but And and he, he was able to do some incredible stuff during his lifetime. But he did not fulfill his purpose. At least not to the potential that he had. And he's not an exception. So I want to read a story where we left off last week. And if, for, for starters, you'll be able to pick it up. I, 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 trust me, you will. So let's go to Judges 14. 
That's what we read last week, Judges 14. I'm going to pick up about verse 19, is the last verses. And for those that are new, uh, well, I'll explain this later. So I'll just read it and explain it later. Hopefully you can connect the dots, and you should be able to if you don't know the story. So I'm going to read the, first, uh, the last two verses, 19 and 20, in fact, halfway through 19. And then we'll go flip over to 15 and go on to, uh, to verse 8. Okay? But Samson was furious about what happened. And he went back home to live with his father and mother. So for, for starters, he had just, this was during Samson's wedding. There was a blow up that happened, him and his new wife. And, um, um, uh, and things went really crazy. He was so angry. He says, I'm, I'm going home. Okay. I promise, I think Timna was the Vegas. So it's just to change it. He was Vegas. First he started Samson gambling. Hey, guys, I got to tell you a riddle, you know. And then this marriage ended so quick. What happens in Timna stays in Timna. I'm thinking, wow, maybe they forgot, you know. So, so this wife, he, so his wife was given in marriage to the man who would be Samson's best man at the wedding. Later on, now this was not the next day. Trust me, this was not the next day. Because it says later on during the harvest, wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a present to his wife. Not a rose. Hey, honey, I thought you'd like a goat. So Samson took the young goat. He said, I'm going to my wife's room. But his, her father would not let him in. I truly, so why? It's a little too late here. Now, how many times do we make decisions out of anger? Actually, just to give you a little bit. Uh, how many times do we make decisions out of anger? And then sometimes we kind of want to retract our steps and it's a little too late. It's like, wow, I, 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 I really, he says, I, I really thought you hated her. But now I can't really do anything. She's already married to another man. But her father wouldn't let her. I truly thought you hated her, she, he said. So I gave her in marriage to your best man. But look, her young sister is even more beautiful than she is. So it's like negotiating, right? <coughs> Marry her instead. Samson said, this time I cannot be blamed for everything I do. To you, Philistine. So he is very, very angry. He left angry, comes back. Things didn't go his way. He's angry again, right? So he goes then, and now he decides that he's going to show them. uh, He's going to pay him back. So here's what he did. He went out and caught 300 foxes. Who does that? (laughs) Obviously, it wasn't a second. You know, he was very deliberate. It probably took... Very, uh, 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 an incredible amount of time to plot this plan. He tied them tails together in pairs and fastened a torch in each pair of tails. Then he lit the torches and let the foxes run through the grain fields of the Philistines. He burned them all. He burned all their grain to the ground, including the sheaves and the, uh, and he, uh, 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 including the sheaves and uncut grain. He also destroyed their vineyards and olives. He utterly destroyed their crop. And they were so mad, as you would think. Say, who did this? The Philistines demanded. So they said, oh, it's Samson. Because his father-in-law from Timna gave Samson's wife to be married to the best man. So the Philistines went and got the woman and her father, and they burned her to death. 
Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> if you look at the story, it all started with Samson. He started, uh, you know, showing off and uh, decided he's going to put a bet on something he doesn't have. And, and the story goes on. Now, who wronged Samson? It wasn't the guys that got the brunt of it. And his wife did too. You know, so here's, here's the funny thing about anger. Oftentimes, no, often, all the time, it ends up impacting people that had nothing to do with it. So he's not, he's just, Samson is just thinking about himself. This time you can't blame me for nothing. You know, whatever I'm going to do to them, I'm, I'm not going to get blame out of this. How many kids depended on the food? I know, trust me, the Philistines were not good guys either. <laughs> In fact, God wanted Samson, anointed Samson to actually challenge the Philistines so that the Israelites would be free. But Samson made this uh, a battle for himself. He wanted to get himself even with these guys. So, because you did this, verse 7, Samson vowed, I won't rest until I take my revenge on you. Prophesied to himself, I will not rest until I get you back. So he attacked the Philistines with great fury and killed many of them. Then he went to live in the cave in the rock of Etham. I don't think this guy was a happy guy. Nobody that lives in a rock has a happy life, don't you think? I want to skip to verse 20. Verse 20 says that Samson judged Israel for 20 years during the period when the Philistines dominated the land. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Let it speak to us what you have in us, for us today, Lord. You said that your word will not return to you void. We ask, Lord, that you will cause it to accomplish in our lives the purpose for which you sent it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I read the last verse because it shows that Samson did move on with life. And from the outside surface, he actually lived a successful life. He was judge over Israel for 20 years. That's a good career, I think. The judge in Israel, at that time during the judges, the judges in Israel were the top guy of the land. So from, the, from looking at how we would judge success or anything like that, Samson was a successful person. He did well. He was obviously a very gifted individual. He was an ordinary. You can see through his story that he would manage to do a lot of things. He managed to accomplish. He did some incredible stuff. Still, you're like, wow, he did what? You know, when you read the story, he still was gifted, still anointed, and still had a successful career. He plugged in 20 years on that job, and it was a good job. But yet he was unhappy. He never was happy. He never found happiness in his life till the day he died. He died angry. His last prayer to the Lord was, God, if you would anoint me one more time, if you would give me strength one more time, I just want to get back at the Philistines and die with them. And you know, God would answer his prayer. God will answer his prayer. And he will get his super strength back and he would tear down that building and shook it off and uh, he died with the Philistines. 
He died an, an angry person, an unhappy person. For your notes, my title is Scrapes and Scurs. That's a subtitle this morning. <laughs> Scrapes and Scurs. You know, it's funny because all of us, we, we look at Samson and we look at his life. You can avoid looking at the bad things and you can see the good things. And you could have a really good story about Samson, right? But you could also look at the bad thing and it can be a very, very sad story as well. But Samson is, was not, is not exceptional. He's not exceptional in the fact that we too are called by God. We too have the blessing of God in our lives. We too are anointed by God. We too have goods inside of us. Sometimes we never even get in touch with the goods that God's put inside of us. But we too are exposed or, um, to anger. Sometimes it's justified. Sometimes it's not. And when you think about what happened, now, regardless of who's to blame, they burned your wife to death. That's horrible. And he was so angry. He was scared. And you see his whole life, that situation just kept getting worse and worse. He's getting back to them. They're getting back at him. He's going at them. They're going back. And the thing went on till the day he died. And that is sad. Because God had called him for a mission. He had a purpose. God had given him everything he needed to be all that he could be. But yet... That anger limited him. Now, there's a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons why we get angry, you know. Just to name, to name a few, you know, uh, we get angry because of injustice. When you see something that's unjust, and you know it's unjust, that can make you angry. Uh, can I get an amen? We should be angry for it when we see injustice everywhere. We get angry because of abuse. Boundaries being infringed upon. No boundaries at all. Unresolved issues. Unrealistic expectations on others. You know, they disappoint us. We had this expectation. And they never met it. And it just causes something. It starts something inside of us. Grief. Which is kind of interesting. Which we, if you live on earth, you will experience grief. If you haven't already, you will. And let me remind you, you won't be the only one that has experienced grief. All of us walk through that same path in this imperfect world that's been broken and torn apart by sin. That's just the reality of living on earth. There will be that one day, the Bible says, where there is no sunset or dawning. Well, he will wipe every tear from our eyes. That's why I love Jesus. That's why I keep serving God. That's why I keep plugging in. Because when you have that hope that this, what we see here, is not that they, all that there is. It's like you could even have a suffering life here. But yet, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, hey, 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 one day you will know the reality of not experiencing these things. But as we are walking this world, while we are still here, God has us here for a mission. And though we are here for a mission and a purpose, we still are not immune to all the different things that this world would have to bring. It says it rains on the just. So does it for the unjust. The sun shines for the just and the unjust. 
wrong desires, wrong priorities, pride, judging people and misinterpreting, misinterpretation of people. We think they th- said this and they meant this and they did not. We just read too much into it. A lot of those can stop anger in our lives. And the Bible teaches us, and there are so many verses. You read the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. There's so many scriptures that will tell you about anger and how to deal with it. Because we face it every single time. And we can deal with it wrongly. Or we can deal with it correctly in a biblical way. And that can be the difference from being a person that is happy in this world, being a person that fulfills purpose in this life, being a person that not only succeeds, but actually lives a full life that the Bible says that he gives us, um, uh, he gives us, um, oh, I can't think of the word, the life that Jesus gives us. Help me out, people. Abundant life is what I was looking for. Abundant life. That's the kind of life that Jesus says he wants to give us. We have a life, but he says, hey, I'll trade your life and I'll give you abundant life. A life that is fulfilling. A life that impacts people in a positive way. You don't have to be popular. You don't have to be known by anybody, but you can leave a mark that transcends from generation to generation and have a positive impact in this world. To do that, we need to to look at anger and face it head on and confront it back to the Word of God, with the Word of God, because that's a sword. You cannot face these things in your own strength. You're going to flop. Samson took matters in his own hands. He was wronged. The first riddle he had, and those guys cheated, and he knew they cheated. They would have known the answer. And he got him so mad that his wife didn't tell him anything. And, and just the chain goes on and on and on. But he had a choice. And so do we when people wrong us. Not everything that happens to us is a result of what we did. Sometimes we have no control whatsoever. Um, uh, why we get angry? We just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Born in the wrong family. Well, you know, it's the right family, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Or in the wrong country. So, you know, we experience different things depending on where we are born. Different problems, things that are a big deal for us in America could not be a big deal at all for a guy in Brazil or in Kenya. Or vice versa. So, it really is not about how much we have or do not have, is really taking the scripture being our source of handling these things because God is for us, not against us. God is our cheerleader. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to fulfill the purpose that he's destined us to become. He says, if we look at it, we cannot react like Samson did. So three ways I wanted to do real quick, ways uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, three wrong ways to handle anger. These are all reactions, okay? We could clam up and just become, it's passive by nature, passive aggressive. And I think Christians can be really good at this. But I, lo- but I love you anyway. They're stabbing you on the back, giving you a hug. God bless you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's <laughs> it's those unrealistic, uh, 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 indirect, indirect uh, uh, ways of hostility. We're not really direct because we can't. We are so we are saved by grace and grace alone. So we're not really direct in when we are hostile towards another. So we do it in sometimes in an indirect way, but we want them to really feel it. We take actions and making hey hey. And, 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 and we could take examples, and you know what I'm talking about. It happens at church. It happens at home. It happens with kids. It happens with parents. It happens at work. I'm just not going to show up on time. Because I know when I don't show up on time, it looks really bad. Oh, boy. I'm touching close to home. Yes, you are wrong, but you know ways of making them feel it. And that's not a biblical way. That's what happened to um, uh, Samson's wife, who was really afraid for her family. She had been given a, a valid threat that these people will kill her. Instead of going back to her husband and saying, hey, we've got, we got problems here, and being straightforward with him, and maybe they could work out a plan and get out of the situation together, she decides to kind of go in an indirect way to get what she wanted, which resulted, it just made the problem worse and worse and worse. The other one is just we could blow up. You know when they catch you. They're driving 40 miles an hour. The speed limit is 50. And you're right behind them patiently praising God and praising Jesus. Glory to the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then you get to the red light, and they pass, skip the red light. You're like, if you're that in a hurry, why won't you go in the spin limit to begin with? They do that in Lincoln all the time. <laughs> you know you've done it. At least you've been tempted. Like, oh, Jesus, thank you very much, Lord. I bless him. I bless him. Being angry is not wrong. It's what we do with it. And of course, the other impulse is revenge. And this is what Samson was a master at. He said, I will not rest. Until I deal with them what they've done to me. Because I want to just get even with them. So that they can feel what I feel. And he kept and led an unhappy life. Yet God has so much for him. So much going on for him. He didn't even touch a glimpse of what God had in store for him. Even though he was so gifted. He was gifted more than anybody at the time. But yet he did not fulfill his purpose. We need to, to, to be careful and realize that the enemy wants us to kind of let that thing brew in there. Because what it does is that it hinders us. Because the people that we want to get even at, the people that we want them to feel the way we feel, they may or may not ever see they are wrong. They may move on with life and be happy, Dory. 
And you there, you're like, hmm. I remember Pastor Dusty was sharing a story. He ran into someone he knew when he was a kid in a youth group at church. He says he about how he, he, he was uh, they were just goofing off, being silly and all that. And a kid there got really angry at him. He had no idea. Moved on in his life, and now he's an old man. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's older than me, so... <laughs> He's in his 40s. I'm still in my 30s, bro. So. <laughs> but he says he ran into this guy, and the guy told him, like years later, it's like, you know, when you guys were teasing me back at youth group, I've been angry with you since. And he was like, oh, my goodness. I never even remembered that. All that time, he kept it inside. See, people will go. So we can't judge by the outside appearance. Samson was a judge in Israel for 20 years. His resume looked pretty good. He was accomplished. If he was a really bad judge, he would have been off in a few months. But he was good enough to stay that long. The kids that were born when he started judging were in college. That's the way to look at it. It's a long time. But yet he was so unhappy. He never got fulfillment in his life. He never experienced abundant life. There are ways to handle anger responsibly. There are ways to to handle anger well. First one is we've got to handle it with meekness. Meekness. Come on, say meekness. Because sometimes we think of mixedness, we think of it as being something weak. And it's not. Thank you very much. It's not weak. James says, I didn't put it up there. You have the reference. You can write it down. But I'll read it to you. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you are bitter, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Meekness is peace and strength together. Jesus was meek. You know how many people in the Bible told me Jesus was meek? But trust me, he was not a pushover. The Pharisees tried it many times. And they felt, they realized this guy had his backbone. He didn't have to be mean and vicious, but he knew where the line stopped. So we'll think of meekness in our context, in our cultural context. We'll think a bit of something being weak. No, it, it, it has nothing to do with weak. It has everything to do with controlling the strength. He's powerful, but you can control the strength. It makes you even more powerful. Secondly, is that we need to seek to understand before being understood. Some are easier, some are just better listeners than others. Some of us are not. <laughs> My family, we're very loud people. Yeah, <laughs> most of us are, for that matter. A couple of us are not. Uh, I will excuse Sam, he's not super loud. So he's, he's one of the nice ones in our house. You gotta have a good brother, sir. 
But, but, but when we're having conversations or maybe having a, a, a debate or something, the room gets loud. And some people might think, oh boy, they hate each other. And they'll finish out with hugging and uh, drinking some coffee or chai. But, but sometimes you find, have you ever like um, had a debate with somebody? You're going at each other back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you realize, oh, we were saying the same thing. We weren't really against each other. It's just the way they express it. It's like, oh, ho, ho. Wait, 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 you're not hearing. And, and you know, here's what the Bible says in James 1.19. It says, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to what? Anger. Slow to anger. And it's the last, third one is don't harbor anger. Don't let it brew up. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Don't let it simmer. Don't let it keep. It's all right to be angry. God was angry. He gets angry. Jesus got angry. But says, don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Deal with it. Let me say that again. Deal with it. Don't let it sit there for a long time. It's like when last, uh, yesterday I was uh, <laughs> fixing a few things. I'm not very good at fixing a few things, but I had to. <laughs> I had my chain link fence coming apart. I think kids are leaning on it and all sorts of things. And I got myself cut really good inside. It, it's not big that you see it. But it was deep that I felt it and the blood was just gushing out. And I went, home, I went back in the house and I'm washing it. And my wife, you know, she's a registered nurse. She says, oh, you might need a tetanus shot. I was like, are you kidding me? I haven't thought about that since I lived in Africa. Tetanus shot? Because it's a lot, you know. But <clears throat> I was thinking about this. Sometimes it could be a small cut. But if it's open and left unattended... It can get infected. You, you know, you're vulnerable for infection. And that's all it takes. And that's what the Bible says. Do not be, ang- be angry, but do not sin. And don't let the sun go down in your wrath. He's saying, hey, take care of it. If you need to get some alcohol, clean it up really good, do it. I know it hurts, but take care of it. Because if you leave it unattended and you're exposed to infection... It can lead up to the life that we see in Samson. And it could be just something very little. Growing up in Africa, in, in Kenya, there are a lot of very, very impoverished areas. You know? And so I remember, uh, you know, so you get, and one of the ministry I did was in, a, in the slums all the time. And you see gr- great need. People that cannot afford to go to the doctor. And so when they end up going to the doctor, it's like when it's so bad. If they went to, if they had, he's at the hospital, you know, it's really bad. One of my friends who lives in the States now is a medical doctor. And we were just talking last year. We were talking. And, you know, and, uh, and he teaches at U, um, 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 FSU in the School of Medicine there. And, we, and he, he says, you know, we, we, I was going to ask him, how is it different for you practicing medicine here? And you practice medicine a very improv. He goes, you know, he gives him a different angle where he says, you know, I, I was used 
to, I'm used to working with very, very, very sick people. And that's what I, he found that many of his peers in the States had not experienced. Not, they might have the knowledge, but he goes, I was dealing with critical stuff all the time. And sometimes it's something very small. But because it was unattended, they didn't have the resources, they didn't have, it just can be a life and death situation because they didn't have the proper resources. And anger can be like that if we don't attend it. It can start with something really small. We can look at the, we just read the story of Samson, if you read the chapter before. This whole thing started with a, with a game. He probably was just wanting to tell the people, hey, guess what? Guess what I did last week? What'd you do? I, I watched the game last week. Oh, hey, guess what I did? I killed a lion. He wanted to just tell the guys that. So he gives them a riddle. Who knows what the intention was? So I'm going to tell you something, guys. If you can solve this riddle, I'm going to give you, let me think a minute, I'm going to give you, wow, festive clothing, 30 of them. I'm going to give you all this stuff. He didn't have that stuff. But he knew in his heart that there is no way on earth they would figure out the riddle. That's how it started. And the next thing that would come is that he would, they would, they would threaten his wife because they decided to sign up. I'll tell you, it's Vegas. Tina is Vegas. You brought us here to this wedding to make us poor. And I said, we're going to kill you and your father. So the threat was in her life and she decides, well, I'm going to go, go talk to your husband and find out what the riddle is. And she would break and he would tell her, and the story will go on. And boy, if this was a movie, the story will play out and his life will change completely. And he started with something really small. Just a silly game that meant nothing probably. And that, he did not take care of his anger right there. And he just let it go. And it got worse. And guess what? She did end up dying from the same people. They killed her anyway. And they killed her dad anyway. And he got even more mad now. So the Bible says, don't let it brew. Not necessarily for... It doesn't mean that they are justified. You need the freedom. You need to be free. It's for you. They may never get it. Thank God when they do. And what if they don't? Because they often don't. Which leads to the last, the second one, second to last, forgive. Forgive. Ephesians 4.31, I have it out there, but I'm going to read it. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I think one of the tallest orders of being a Christian is right there. Write that last line. It's one of the hardest things of being a Christian. Because how does the Lord forgive us? Oh my goodness. Now let me not name my sins, because I'm definitely unworthy of His forgiveness. I'm unworthy of His mercy. If he had to pay me back every time I wronged him, I'd be fried toast. But yet, he gives me grace and mercy. 
undeserved, unmerited. I don't deserve it. Oh, my goodness. I'm humble that I would even be speaking his word to you. I know it's by his mercy. He says that his mercies are new every morning. Confess your sins. And he's faithful. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What he does with our sins, he says he takes our sins and he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. God is omniscient. He knows all things, but he purposely decides to take my sins and throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. And he says, when you forgive others, do it as the way the Lord has forgiven you through Christ. I'm still learning that. I hope you are too. And if you haven't begun learning, start today. But it will free you many times. And things that you, you would think seemingly small can hinder a person that has so much going on for them. And they can finish their life and the cause of their life without amounting to anything special because of something as small as anger. Because it can grow and has the potential to destroy families, to destroy people, to destroy nations. To destroy nations. And the last one for you today is that you can use anger as a motivation for good. You can channel that emotion, you can channel that energy towards a good cause. And turn what the enemy had intended for evil. Allow God to use it in your life for good. What was meant to destroy, you can use that same energy to build. Find ways that you can substitute to return it to good. Step back, go turn on to worship music and dance like a crazy man. Turn the music out loud and start, Woo, hey, hey, hey. he took my morning and hey, I don't know what song. But take that energy, turn it into praise. Step back. Turn it into worship. Songs of the... Step back. Go and give like crazy. Make someone have a good day. Hey, my day wasn't so good, but sure, Chris, I'm going to make your day good today. You can turn it around for good. Jesus was angry. And the verse there, it says, Mark eleven fifteen says, So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. And they overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold in droves. He saw what they were doing in the temple and it was horrible. He didn't, even, he didn't have any stomach for it. And he turned around and says, this is over today. He turned the tables around about the corruption that was going on with people, defrauding people of money in the temple, using the house of God for the wrong reasons. And he says that, and he taught them about worship after that. And what we have the house of the Lord for. We are prone to anger. Maybe you're angry right now. Maybe you're furious that I'm even talking about it right now. But my friend, you gotta deal with it. It's gonna limit you. It's gonna limit you, not the person even that you're offended. Although it can't free the person. That you're offended with. I've said my story many times um, of, of coming to the Lord, and even after I became a Christian, became a believer, um, uh, as, a, as a kid uh, growing up, in my teenage years, my family seemed like it was falling apart. 
My dad had gotten into an addiction in his life with alcohol. I think that was his way of dealing with anger. You know, there are a lot of people. They say 23, 24 million people uh, in America today are dealing with a type of addiction, substance abuse or alcohol. 24 million, that's about 10. So uh, I'm saying that just if you're in there, I got to tell you, you're not alone. But some of them don't look for help. Very few have access to help. And oftentimes it goes back to things that happened to them or done to them. And, you know, and so that thing goes on and on and on. Maybe your parents mess you up. Maybe your spouse mess you up. Who knows what happened? Regardless of what the reason might be, Satan wants you to keep you there. Because if he keeps you there, you will never fulfill your purpose. That's why Jesus came. So I'm just tell about my dad. And I know I was angry with my dad. I felt like my life, he, he messed up my life. He sent me, you know, I was eager for education. I was eager with a lot of things, but I felt like my life was being disrupted. I know we've talked with my siblings. There's six of us. And we, uh, the, 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 young, the younger, youngest one missed out on a lot of things. But, uh, but you saw the family change and feel like it's shifting. And where is this thing going? Stayed around. And, and uh, many, uh, 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 and, you know, as a, uh, you could be a young person and still feel hopeless. You're a teenager and you feel, like you have the whole world for you, but you're feeling like, boy, this is hopeless. Until I found Christ. And as I found Christ, I started growing in the Lord. And one time, remember, as I'm growing in the Lord, I was praying, I'm praying for my future. And at that time, I'm starting to feel this great um, uh, faith about uh, there's nothing that's going to be a limit in my life. I I started discovering things in God, and I started dreaming again. I started seeing possibilities. And as I'm praying, and so I knew at that point that the sky is always only going to be the limit because of who I am in Him. So I'd already made that connection and that revelation had already resided in my heart. And as I'm praying, the Lord confronted me. Hey, what are you going to do about your dad? Ooh. And I knew right in that moment, even though I had said, I forgive him, there's something in the deepest of my heart I needed to release and put it at the foot of Jesus. Amen. And there's a healing. It, didn't, it wasn't even complex. It's just that the Lord drew it to my attention. I was hoping to him. You know how hindsight, uh, when you can look back and and, and connect the dots? Didn't make anything of it. I was actually sitting with a friend of mine in his car when we're talking and we're praying. And I didn't make anything of it at the time. But I know in my heart I had released it and I put it in Jesus. And I moved on with my life. As my life went on, I started looking back. Things started happening for me that I never, never, never thought would happen. Uh, there was even even in my career, I thought like, wow, it was in uh, the unemployment was horrible in Kenya, especially for young people. I don't care how much degrees you have, young people weren't getting jobs because people weren't retiring either, and the economy was really bad. And God was like, just a connection. I'm going, hey, we need some help. You should hire this young guy. He doesn't have the education, but he's a good young. I, I believe in him. And that begins a door of opportunity that you never thought happened. And, and, and when I trace back, I realize later, you see, this is when like, I was up and later I realized there was a direct connection from the day I released my father inside. 
And the day things started working and happening for me. And it will gradually go there. And you know, God is so faithful. God is so merciful. God is so good. You know, that he actually touched my dad. And he did not die an angry man. He passed there about five years ago. Oh, six now. Wow, six. But God saved him and delivered him. He had a miraculous release from the bondage of alcoholism without rehab. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to rehab. If you need help, you find help. But God is able to also set you free. And I don't know, maybe the Lord knows, how much of our forgiveness and really releasing released him to get the freedom he needed also. Because the people that hurt us in our lives, oftentimes they are victims of being hurt themselves. Someone who once says that hurt people hurt people. And they started saying, wow, my dad was not just... And I, I knew he was a good man. He always was. But then when this alcohol thing kind of t- made him a different person. But he was masking pain that he had too. From, who knows how far down the chain that goes. But it doesn't matter. When we have Jesus Christ, it says, he who comes to Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new. He gives us the opportunity to experience new life. Through the power of the cross of Jesus on Calvary, he rendered powerless every chain, every principality, everything that will hold us back. The blood of Jesus is sufficient to set us free because he that the Son of God has set free is free indeed. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Amen. I want us to pray in first time with me together. And what, how appropriate today we're going to share communion as well. But I want to pray for you, and, uh, but encourage you to pray for yourself. Okay? To pray for yourself. You know where God needs to touch. You know things in your life that maybe you need to live at the foot of the cross. I believe that the presence of God is here right now. I'm waiting for more amens. I believe that the presence of God is here right now. And today could be the day of your miracle where things turn around and you begin a newness of life. As we partake of communion together, we're going to believe God for the supernatural. We'll pray, but you need to pray from your heart because God responds to a heart that has faith. And you bring whatever matter, whatever issue you need the Lord to touch today. You leave it to him today and watch the Lord do wonders in your life. Let me pray first of all. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Pray with me. Pray with me just all over this place. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're an amazing God, a good Father. And we thank you today, Lord, that we come to you, Lord, today not because we deserve it, but because you paved the way that we can have access to your presence this morning, O oh God. You paved the way through the work of Calvary, O oh God, that we can worship with the angelic hosts, yes, O oh God. Yes, we oh can God. enter into your presence boldly. We can come and ask in the seat of mercy, Lord, we can ask for our needs. We thank you that you're a God who saved us. 
I pray right now, Lord Jesus, for those that are dealing with anger, little ones and big ones, those that need freedom, Lord. We know that oftentimes, many times, we've been wronged by people that have been wronged, the people that have no justification for wronging us. But I pray today, Lord, that you will give us the strength, the power, the supernatural ability to overcome the things that we cannot do on our own. I ask Holy Spirit that you will move in us, that you will strengthen us, that you will open our eyes to see that we may see with your ears, with your eyes, and hear with your ears, as the word admonishes us, that let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. I pray today that you will give us spiritual ears to hear your voice so clearly, so that we can respond yes, oh with the right action we need. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, move in us. Yes, move oh in God. us, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you, Lord. You, Come Father. on, give him Thank praise. You, Lord, give him praise. Begin to receive Thank it. You, Begin to receive it and give him praise. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for the elements. In fact, you can stop passing them around. When you get the elements, just take the cup and the bread. Hold them. We're going to pray together for these things. The table is open. This is not Lincoln City Church table. It's the table of the Lord. If you're not, not a member here, but you're a member of the body of Christ, you're welcome to participate with us. If you're not born again, we want to pray for you to be born again uh, this morning and, and be a part of the body of Christ. So as the leaders in some worship, let's go ahead and just get the elements and we'll come back and pray together. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm.